operation at the University of Utah Medical Center in Salt Lake City. The operation was performed by a surgical team headed by Dr. William C. DeVries. That's a look at just some of Today in History. Along with Mike Martini, I'm George Zod for WMKV. I think you got the high points. Thank you, George. In traffic right now, we have an accident uh, still causing problems. It's westbound 275 west of 71. Now they've opened a right lane, so only the left lane is blocked. So uh, every report seems to get a little bit better. Again, uh, this was an accident, a tractor trailer that blocked all the lanes. So now at least we have a couple lanes open, westbound 275 west of 71, traffic slow to Montgomery. Other than that, uh, the earlier accidents still into play, Colerain at Rayburn and Mack at South Gilmore. And uh, that's really pretty much it right now as far as uh, accidents. We have some delays. In the usual spots, northbound 71 slows between Harrison and Paddock. And uh, northbound 71 slows around Smith Edwards uh, up to around Stewart. And Montgomery to around the Reagan on the right shoulder. There was an accident, but that is gone. Uh, 71 southbound, a little slow from 275 down through Pfeiffer. And then from Reading to 471 uh, through the Lytle Tunnel. So some backups there as well. And uh, 75 southbound, a little slow between Lachlan and Paddock. And then you're on the brakes again between the Lateral and Mitchell. And, of course, between Ezra Charles and the Brent Spence Bridge. That's your traffic. Now, we'll look at the weather forecast. I'm sure you're waiting for that because it does call for more precipitation this evening. In fact, a 100% chance of additional rainfall overnight tonight. Uh, the low tonight will be around 38 degrees, but instead of going up tomorrow, the temperature will actually continue to fall uh, until uh, the morning hours tomorrow morning. We'll have, a, uh, at least up until about noontime, some rain mixed with some snow showers as the temperature continues to fall down into the lower 30s. And then, uh, no accumulations expected, by the way. And then on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, even Tuesday, dry weather, some uh, sunshine, but I'll say unseasonably cooler weather because it's going to be in the lower 30s on Thursday and Friday. And then uh, Saturday and Sunday, we, we should get back up into the 40s. Or Sunday and Monday, we should get back up into the 40s. But uh, Friday and Saturday, high temperatures in the lower 30s. So... Uh, I don't think it's supposed to be quite that cold this time of year. Right now, our temperature appears to be right around 49 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Coming up next is real-life real estate investing with Vena Jones-Cox. And I haven't seen Vena yet. Maybe she's stuck in traffic. Maybe she's rushing to get in here. I'm sure she is. So in the meantime... Let's go ahead and hear this uh, brief message, and then we will at least hear the first part of a pre-recorded real-life real estate investing, and I'm sure Vina will be in shortly. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859-292-7342. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff, or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vina Jones-Cox. Well, she will be here in just a few seconds. Vina is, uh, is on the premises and she is uh, had to run back out to her car. So 
Uh, she'll be back in here in just a moment. So in the meantime, uh, I think I will fill up this time by talking to George through the glass. No, I'm going to uh, let you know that uh, we still do have uh, some progress. We now have one lane blocked, one lane blocked, the far left lane of westbound 275 west of 71. So as you recall, uh, earlier we had a tractor trailer that was, I guess, draped across the expressway, blocking all the lanes, even the ramp from 71. And uh, as our reports have come in from Artemis, it appears that uh, slowly they are dragging that truck out of the way because it seems like one ramp at a time, or one lane at a time, we are improving. So now we are just down to one lane block, the far left lane. So if you're in that mess, and I know that traffic is backed up uh, beyond Montgomery Road, uh, if you're in that mess, uh, the uh, traffic should be improving through that uh, area very quickly. So, uh, again, stay to the right if you can. The right lanes are open. The far left lane is blocked westbound 275 west of 71. And uh, we still have accidents. Coleraine at Rayburn and Mack at South Gilmore. And apparently South Gilmore is still blocked southbound as well. Now, George, you know all about South Gilmore. Uh, South Gilmore, because that is a fair look. Look at that. That is a. I'm doing my own field. air report. We're get, we're doing a Vena update. Tell us about South Gilmore. Is it a nice South street? Gilmore? It's it's a wonderful street. Because you it's, live in. It's Fairfield. a pretty major thoroughfare in Fairfield, especially if you go anywhere near the high school. So you're uh, in the South Gilmore area, and it's right there. It the, fronts right onto Route Four. There's so. a bowling alley. Isn't there a Gilmore Bowl up there? Yep. Yeah. There's certainly. In fact, isn't there been. Jungle Gyms near that? Jungle Gyms is not far from there. It I is. It's I've a pretty major that artery. Road. So. Connects Route Four to two. It's like a shortcut between yeah, Route Four. It, it'll get you there. Well, it's nice talking to you, George. It's, it Vena's was wonderful back. to talk to you. It's great. We have Vina here, and uh, Vina may have a traffic today. report of her own as we go you here. Know, as well. I don't know if we should just throw the mic to Vina because she's out of breath right I'll now. I tell you what. Can we take a quick break and then we'll come back with Vina? You know Vina? what? I That's have probably another a good underwriter idea. we can play. We, Very we, good. Always, we love these. So we love our sponsors. So we'll be back with Vina after this. Support comes from the Hamilton County Park District, offering a number of facilities to host your next corporate event or holiday party. Their staff can help you plan a catered event at a variety of park locations, from their modern banquet centers to their scenic park lodges. They're now taking reservations for your corporate meeting or holiday party. More information at 521-PARK. That's the Corporate Sales Department at 513-521-PARK or online at greatparks.org. Good afternoon and welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, where this week, as every week, we're putting folks just like you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Sorry about the little delay there, folks. All my fault. I uh, have a very special guest who is going to be joining us from Chicago. And uh, I left her phone number in the car, so I had to run back out in the rainy cold and grab that phone number so that you all could benefit from the great wisdom and enthusiasm of Miss Donna Bauer, who has been a frequent guest here on Real Life Real Estate Investing over the years. She's got an all new topic to talk to, uh, to, talk to us about today. And she is also the featured speaker at tomorrow night's Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati meeting. So if you are in the area, be sure and join us for that. It's uh, guaranteed to be extremely enlightening and extremely exciting. And Donna's a, a homegrown success. She's a local girl here who's made millions of dollars doing what we're going to talk about today, which is a very unique combination of short sales, buying paper, seller financing, all kinds of cool stuff. So, um, that meeting, by the way, is at the usual location of the Jordan Crossing corner of Reading and Seymour, really easy to get to off of the Seymour exit of I-75. It's just about two minutes from the expressway exit, and it is guest night, which means that even if you are a not an official member of Cincinnati Rhea, you can certainly join us at that meeting. The early meeting at 6 o'clock, by the way, is the 2010 real estate market forecast. We're going to talk about what's likely to be some of the very hot strategies in 2010 and what you personally need to do to prepare yourself 
to grab some deals in that market. Joining us now by phone is Donna Bauer. Donna, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thank you for having me, Vina. I'm sorry I can't be there personally. I, I know. It's like you, you're, you're, you're the guest I have from Cincinnati, and you're actually not in Cincinnati today. So, that was, uh... Well, uh, I was flying through Atlanta and got caught here with bad weather, so I'm glad I could join you by phone. Yeah, well, it's, it's bad here, too, so you, you may be there for a little, a little bit. Um, <laughs> Uh, now, Donna, folks who've been listening to Real Life Real Estate for years, I mean, you, you've, you've been on the show at least a dozen times. And really, in, in this new market where there are tons of short sales, tons of bad mortgages, tons of bargains to be snatched up, your, your basic strategy that you've been using for 20 years of go for the distressed properties and distressed paper hasn't changed but you've gotten really exciting that's excited lately about seller financing in addition to those other strategies that people heard you talk about a hundred times right and the thing is well if you'll recall like i well i've been in this for over 20 years and i actually started out with the good paper okay uh and i was well i when i got into this we were coming off of 18% interest rates you know back in the late 80s and of course the market was flooded with seller carrybacks then because if you wanted to sell a property i mean who could afford an 18% loan payment and so people found it necessary to do the seller financing if they wanted to to sell or buy a property well Consequently, what happened is as as interest rates went down in the 90s, there became less and less seller-financed notes. Not that there weren't still plenty of them, because lots of people recognize there's lots of advantages to to providing seller financing, but there weren't as many as back in the late 80s. Well, now what we're seeing again is, is a similar thing. It's not high interest rates, but because of this mortgage meltdown and the financial crisis that we're experiencing, you have a lot of good qualifying borrowers. You know, they, they had have good credit. They, you, you would welcome the opportunity to lend money to them, but for one reason or, or, or another, they don't qualify for, quote, bank financing. And so what's happened is the the smart seller realizes if they want to sell their property quickly, they better provide seller financing. Mm-hmm. And so once again, this uh, buying and selling discounted notes is very, very much in vogue. And so it, 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 right now, Vina, I've never been so excited about every aspect of my business because it doesn't matter whether you want to create seller financing, whether you want to buy and sell someone else's notes that they created when they bought or sold a property, or whether you want to do short sales, or whether you want to buy defaulted notes from the bank, every aspect of my business, you couldn't pick a better time than right now. So Mm -hmm. I am just elated and it just things are going like crazy so it's pretty cool mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i i guess we can expect uh, you know looking into the crystal ball which we always like to do this time of year i guess that we can expect that the 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 big opportunities in seller finance notes are going to go way on beyond the end of this credit crisis because that's what happened in the 80s there were still even even when interest rates came down and down and down there were still seller finance notes to buy for another five or 10 years after, after they started happening, right? Oh, definitely. There, there's always going to be seller finance notes, always. I mean, they are not going to go away. It's just a matter that in times like these, the, the market becomes flooded with them. And so, I mean, you could actually build a business out of just buying and selling someone else's mortgages. We probably need to talk about that because I have a feeling a lot of your listeners probably don't have a clue what I'm talking about. Yeah. When and, I say <laughs> buying and selling someone else's seller finances. <laughs> yeah. And, and just, it's really not that difficult. Just, and just even, even to give some more basic background, uh, we should probably even talk about what a what a seller what seller finance notes quote unquote encompasses because it's yes. more than just it's more than just some guy carried back a first mortgage on his house. Right. Okay, let, let's just go through a, a basic uh, uh, example, okay? Let's say that you have Sam Seller, 
and Sam owns his own house free and clear, and he puts it on the market to sell. Let's say it's $600,000, and this works for any price range, okay? It doesn't matter. The principles are the same. The thing is that the higher the value of the mortgage, the more money that you're ultimately going to wind up making, but the principles are exactly the same. So let's say that he puts his house on the market to sell for 600000 and he gets a few people looking, but nobody serious. And um, it, it, finally, a, a friend of his says, hey, you need to offer seller financing if you really want to sell. So he puts an ad in the paper, uh, and lo and behold, very next morning, Bill Buyer calls up. And Bill is all excited because here's the opportunity to buy a house uh, with seller financing without having without Bill having to go to the bank and get a loan. And so Bill looks at the house, it's exactly what he needs, and they strike a deal. Now, let's say Bill gives Sam $150,000 as a down payment. And Sam offers to, quote, be the bank for the remaining $450,000. So he tells Bill, he said, if you can pay me $4,000 a month, for the next 10 years at 10% interest, he says, then in 10 years, you refinance and pay me off. We've got a deal. So they strike a deal on those terms. So we have Bill giving Sam $150,000 in cash plus a mortgage on the house he's buying. And he, the mortgage is for four fifty, and he's making 10 years of payments to Sam at uh, $4,000 a month. Mm-hmm. And and also sort of uh, thrown into that whole seller financing concept is is some other things and 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 the details of it vary, but is some other things that people might have heard of. Like a lot of people right now are carrying back land contracts on houses. A lot of people mm-hmm. are carrying back second mortgages on houses, and they 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 work you know in similar ways depending on where you live the, the 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 opportunities might be a little different if you're looking at a second versus a first versus a land contract but uh, all that stuff that that everyone is hearing about seller financing uh is is what we're really talking about here and uh, i had a, a and we're going to take a take a break here in just a second donna but i had a really interesting conversation uh about an hour ago with my property manager Mm-hmm. And this this goes to show you how huge these seller notes are going to be, okay? Mm-hmm. He said people are now calling him on houses that are for rent mm-hmm. and saying, would you consider carrying back financing and letting me get the first time home by your tax credit because I want to buy the house, I don't want to rent it. And when the consumer is coming to you mm-hmm. and saying, I want this, and then they're sophisticated enough because these aren't ex- these aren't super expensive houses, right? Mm-hmm. But they're sophisticated enough to know that there's an opportunity out there for them to buy and for someone to carry back payments. You just know this is going to explode. It is, and absolutely. And you'd be foolish not to take it because that eight thousand dollar credit can be a down payment on that property. So the tenant that never could come up with the down payment now has the opportunity to give you a, a, a eight thousand dollar down payment on that property. That's right. And we'll talk about all that and much more when we come back. We want to give uh, listeners a chance to give Donna a call and ask any questions that you have about what we're talking about today, which is seller held notes, buying notes and mortgages, short sales, all things that Donna uses to make lots of money in this market. Our numbers here in the studio, if you're in the greater Cincinnati area, 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Support for WMKV comes from the PNC Festival of Lights at the Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Gardens, November 27th through January 3rd, featuring the Madcap Puppet Theater, Rappin' Elves, storytelling by Mrs. Claus, Wild Lights Show on Swan Lake, and a million more colorful lights. More lights, more fun, and family traditions at the PNC Festival of Lights. Checking on traffic right now, that accident, 275 uh, at 71, it's completely removed. So all the lanes have been reopened. Hopefully that will start to uh, free up a little bit for you folks who are waiting in line there. Uh, Other than that, we have two accidents, uh, Harrison at Brackenwoods Lane and Mack at South Gilmore still have that accident. South Gilmore is reportedly still blocked southbound because of that. We also have a disabled vehicle. Uh, on northbound 75 near the Lachland exit in the left lane. Um, And then traffic slows uh, also from Ezra Charles to Paddock. 
Weather forecast tonight, some more showers uh, continuing overnight, maybe changing over to a few snowflakes tomorrow morning, but no accumulations expected. That should be done by noontime tomorrow. Tonight's low will be uh, actually falling into the lower 30s, and then tomorrow's high temperature in the afternoon could see about 45, but highs will only be around 32 on Friday and Saturday. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. My guest today is Donna Bauer, a.k.a. The Note Buyer. We're talking about her new strategies for taking what she's always done and adapting them to this crazy new market. We're also taking your calls at 772-9658 or if you're outside the greater Cincinnati area at 877-772-9658 or via email at askvina at gmail.com. Well, Donna, now that we've sort of laid the groundwork about what a seller carryback mortgage is, it seems to me like there's maybe a couple of different possibilities here. One is, should we be looking at carrying back our own financing, at being Sam the seller and doing these deals with people? Well, that depends on if you own property. Uh, what is really cool is if, if you either currently own property that you want to sell or if you're anxious to get into this market and you don't want to deal with bank financing or can't get a bank loan, then for you, creating a seller finance note and you know buying and selling with private financing, the seller financing, is a great idea. Um, but on the other hand, if you're not wanting to actually own a property and you still want to get into this exciting market, then what a whole different this is a whole different method and different strategy, different opportunity is for you to be in a position to cash out the Sam sellers. What happens is, let's say, going back to our little example here, um, let's say that Sam and Bill create this mortgage, and and Sam's all excited because he sold the house. Uh, Bill lives in it for two years. He pays like clockwork. This $450,000 mortgage uh, is paid down to $443,000. And one day, for whatever reason, Sam wakes up and he wants his cash today. You know, maybe he's got a better business opportunity, maybe he wants to travel, he starts a new business, whatever it is. He decides that he wants cash. He doesn't want to wait eight years to get his money. You want to be in a position where you can give him the cash when he wants it. And the best part of all is, it doesn't have to be your cash. (laughs) It could be another note buyer's cash, someone who wants to invest in these mortgages. And so what happens is this creates an entirely new secondary market where people can make money by finding the SAMs that want to cash out and connecting them with the note buyers that want to invest in their notes. And so you might turn around and you could buy this note from SAM, uh, maybe for, say, $375,000. And then you could turn around and uh, find an investor and, and sell it to an investor uh, for like $410,000 or something, you know, depending on what they're looking for. And so you, you could easily, in that particular case, make $35,000 just by finding some, a Sam that, that doesn't want to wait for eight years to get his money and finding an investor that would like to participate in a, a nice, safe, high-yielding investment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And any, anyone who, who follows the, the, the business news, you know, reads the Wall Street Journal or similar publications, uh, knows that there are entire private placements and private equity firms and, and businesses forming around the idea of doing this at big, big levels. I mean, buying 10 20, $100 million uh, worth of notes uh, as investments. And we're not talking about necessarily doing something at that level. We're, we're talking about something that, that any individual investor who understands the whole strategy of note buying and where to find these folks who want to sell notes and where to find the folks who want to buy notes uh, can participate in. And, and, and again, you know, often kind of like flipping real estate, you can flip notes. That is exactly right. 
You know, Vina, I, I, all of a sudden it flashed in my mind. My very first deal was a seller carry back here in Cincinnati. I don't know if you remember that or not. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, it, it was two young fellas. Uh, they had inherited a free and clear four family from their aunt. And um, the two fellows did not get along well, and so one bought out the other. And in the process, they created, uh, I believe it was a $32,000 first mortgage, and it was secured by a $114,000 property. Uh, it was a four-family. And um, needless to say, I, I had sent out a letter to the fellow who was receiving the payments and said, hey, you know, I'll give you cash today for, for your, the payments that you're receiving on that mortgage. And what happened was I ultimately bought um, the, both, I, I did it in two parts, but I ultimately bought that entire note and made over $5,000 on it. And that was just little old me. <laughs> At that time, I was, if, if you remember, I was babysitting uh, kids for a dollar an hour, and that was my very first deal. And so I went from making a buck an hour to making about 500 bucks an hour. But that was my very first deal, made over $5,000 on it. it, with none of my own money invested. I mean, I was babysitting back then. I didn't have any money to invest. So indeed, even though we're using the same principles that you see on Wall Street, uh, this can be done on a onesie-twosie basis, and you don't need your own cash or your own credit to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the best part of all is you don't have to deal with the tenants, the trash, and the toilets. There, there's lots of folks that recognize that this market is an opportunity of a lifetime, and they're kicking themselves because they say, you know, first of all, I don't have the time. To, to own rental properties or to buy and sell properties, and I don't have the money to put into it. And quite frankly, I don't have the inclination. I don't want to deal with all the headaches of rehabs and of tenants and all of that. Well, if, if you consider buying and selling existing carryback mortgages that someone else already did, this is a great way for you to cash in on this market for years to come and never have to deal with owning the actual property. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, Donna, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk to... Uh, no, we don't need to take a break. Oh, my bad. All right, never mind. Mike says we don't have to take a break, and Mike's the boss. So we're going to go to line one and talk to Ron, who's calling from Cincinnati. Ron, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Hi, Vina. Uh, I've got a question along the lines of what you're talking about. Um, at the OREA meeting... Um, a, a person there behind the table told me that I could do the seller, uh, the Lou Brown Monster House stuff with Section 8 people. And uh, I have a number of single-family houses that I have had a couple of the uh, Section 8 people ask me about purchasing. Um, and I'm wondering if that can be done through Section 8. Number one. Well, Ron, no disrespect to whoever that was behind the table, um, but the, the basic problem with that concept is that Section 8 is a rental program, and once you have, have converted these folks to a land contract, uh, they would no longer be paying rent. They would be paying a principal interest tax and insurance payment to buy the property, and Section 8 does not support such a payment. Okay. Yeah. HUD, HUD might do it, but I'm not licensed as a HUD dealer. <laughs> uh, the, the other question, and the, the idea of the note is fantastic. I'm going to have to get into that deeper. But the other question is, when you do a seller financing like that, on a normal basis, you're, you, if you've owned a house and you, you have the depreciation, you've got the tax issue. If I do a seller financing on the bank, uh, what happens to the depreciation that time? Well, the uh, if if you do what I think you're talking about doing, which is really sell on a land contract, correct? The IRS at that point considers the property sold. Okay. I know you haven't gotten your money. I mean, you've gotten eight thousand of it, but you haven't gotten all your money. But the uh, the buyer is now the the equitable owner gets to write off the interest and the you know taxes, the, 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 right. the taxes and so on, you are no longer in a position to take depreciation on that property because you have sold it. And just okay. as just as if you had sold it and, and 
the title was out of your name, uh, the IRS is not going to let you take depreciation on it. From the tax issue, though, uh, that depreciation comes back on you when you when you sell it. There is there there is depreciation recapture when you sell a property. Now, whether you can take the installment sale treatment for your profits or not depends on whether you're a dealer or not, and you would have to ask your own personal private tax professional Correct. whether that was the case. Okay. But uh, Very good. there's there's a, a just just FYI, and we're we're gonna have a show on this after the first of the year. There's a there's a uh, a bill in front of Congress that is being uh, pushed by National RIA and uh, some of the folks up at the New Jersey Real Estate Investors Association that would allow everyone to take the installment sale treatment on properties that were sold on installment, which seems to me to make sense. Like like I get eight thousand dollars now, and now I owe I owe. Nine thousand dollars taxes on profit that I haven't received. Uh, then, then, then it makes sense. So, there, no. <laughs> you, you're going to want to support that, Ron. You're going to want to yep. support that bill. <laughs> oh, very good. Okay. Uh, it, is Donna going to have any other information out on on the the note issue that she's talking about? Yeah, you coming to the RIA meeting tomorrow? I will be there. Okay, yes. be there because Donna's. You sh- you should definitely be there, Ron. <laughs> yeah, because she's all right. She's got Actually, a whole presentation, and it's you know she's she's even more excited in real life than she is on the radio, and it's <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. I met, I met you, Donna, when you were first starting. So be good to see you again. Well, I look forward to meeting you. Be sure to introduce yourself tomorrow night, okay? I, I will. Thank you very much for the answers. Thanks. <sighs> Thank Bye. you. Thank you for your call, Ron. Um, so, so Donna, um, apparently, apparently a longtime fan there. Um, the, uh, the seller carrybacks, big, big thing right now. I mean, when, right. when, when that's the way you can sell properties and it, you know, it's a, it, we've talked about this on the show before. It's in a lot of ways superior to renting because you don't have to take care of the taxes, the insurance, the repairs, the maintenance, all that stuff. But we, we got a we got a whole nother issue here for like our our listeners who are who are making resolutions right now to jump into the real estate market in 2010, but they haven't done it yet. And they've got a they've got this basic problem with this whole seller financing thing, which is they don't have a property. Which this is the perfect answer to. <laughs> so instead of creating the notes, then what you want to do is you want to market for the Sam sellers who already did sell a property and carried back a mortgage and where they have changed their mind and they don't want to wait any longer, you know, they don't want to wait 8, 10, 20 years to get their money. Uh, because when you come in, just like on my example that I used, if Sam uh, Seller wants to cash out, you can come in and you get a, the, the note under contract, the note and mortgage, to buy, say, for $375,000. Then you go find Irene Investor, who is just looking for a nice rate of return, a safe investment, and you could turn around and get it under contract to sell to her for 410000 Very simple transaction, buy low, sell high. So you have a contract with Sam to buy for three seventy-five. You have a contract with Irene to sell it to her for four ten. You show up at, up at a title company and collect a profit of $35,000. And you never even own the property. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's a great secondary opportunity that uh, is created because of all the seller financing that's out there right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, very, very, very true. And and this is this is one of those things that you know you and I kind of when we when we're eating lunch we kind of chuckle about this and how back in the eighties when I, I'm sorry back in um, five years ago when you and I got started. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to give away, right? Yeah, if we say <laughs> me in particular, say the the eighties, people start counting and they go, "Oh my gosh, she must be more than twenty nine. How can how come she keep saying she's twenty nine? Um, th- this was just the way things were done. I mean, th- this isn't this isn't new. There's there's the twist has been thrown into it of the first time homebuyer tax credit, which has been kind of a blessing uh, for real estate investors who know how to use it, but. Uh, this is this is yeah, you get these new investors who are coming into the market now are like wow this is I mean has this really been tried this is what we did exactly this has been going on for many many years I didn't invent this okay <laughs> seller financing has been going on since I don't know when probably probably 
Oh, you could probably trace it all the way back to England in the the, the uh, days of knights and <laughs> all of that kind of thing, you know, the medieval times, you know. But um, so this is not a new concept at all. It is not something that's a pie in the sky, and you know, it, this is it's sound, it's proven, it's been going on for years. Like you mentioned before, uh, banks and investors do this on a very large scale. Uh, what I'm offering is to show people how they can do it privately on a one-by-one scale, and mm-hmm. that's what's so cool about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But Now it's time for that break, and I want to uh, invite uh, callers again uh, to call and ask any questions they have about what we're discussing today at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from Enchanted Moments, a full-service metaphysical and gift shop located at 127 Main Street in historic downtown Milford. Enchanted Moments also offers classes, readers, and holistic practitioners. More information is available at EnchantedMoments.org. Well, I got some bad news for you in traffic. Uh, just as we got the tractor trailer that flipped over cleaned up on 275 near 71, we now have a new problem. If you're heading out of downtown on 75, you want to maybe hop on over somehow to the uh, uh, 71 if you can or because now we have an overturned tractor-trailer blocking all the lanes northbound 75 at I-74. Again, we have a tractor-trailer overturned blocking all the lanes northbound 75 at I-74. you want to find an alternate way out of town if you're heading on northbound 75 tonight. Still have an accident, Harrison, at Brackenwoods Lane. Still have an accident, Mack, at South Gilmore. And uh, again, uh, you want to take Spring Grove or something, but uh, avoid northbound 75, overturn tractor trailer, all lanes closed at I-74. Forecast tonight, some more showers, 100% chance of more rain. Tonight's low around 4, well, we'll say 38 degrees, but to be honest, it's going to be falling overnight into tomorrow morning, and then we could see a few snowflakes before lunchtime tomorrow, but uh, the precipitation should move out of the area around noontime, and then in the afternoon, uh, mostly cloudy skies and a high of only around uh, 38 degrees, then tomorrow night into the 20s, and then Friday and Saturday, high temperatures only around 32 degrees. Could see the 40s again by Sunday. If you love music, you'll love WMKV's evening lineup tonight. At 8 p.m. after Mystery Playhouse, it's Hit Parade Highlights. At 9 o'clock tonight, Don't Miss In Concert. And at 10 p.m., Barbershop Harmony followed at 11 p.m. by Music Till Midnight. Your favorites are right here every day on 89.3 FM, WMKV, the way radio was and is meant to be. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. My guest today is Donna Bauer, who is also going to move heaven and earth to actually get back to Cincinnati in time (laughs) for tomorrow night's meeting uh, of the Cincinnati Real Estate Investors Association, where uh, she appears oddly rarely, given that she's a past board member of the group and uh, and a nationally known speaker and a real local success story. And uh, her, her busy schedule takes her all over the U.S., and we are lucky to have gotten her to land here and come talk to us. So come to that meeting and you can get more information about that at CincinnatiRia.com. Uh, also, for fans of real-life real estate investing, you may notice if you go to uh, realliferealestateradio.com that it is uh, not the page you're used to looking at. It is a new group that we have created because uh, Facebook has changed its structure and disallows us to give you those notifications we promised you every week about the upcoming show through the group. So if you go to realliferealestateradio.com and join the group, you will get the weekly e-letter with a topic, the topic of the week and an article that will be useful to you uh, for your real estate investing career. As a matter of fact, this week's article, if you go there, is uh, by Donna, and it's about how uh, buying defaulted notes is a, in a lot of ways, superior strategy to doing short sales and yet is practically unknown by most real estate investors. So Donna, let's, let's talk about a little bit about that and and shift gear some uh, because 
again, you know, one one way to profit from these seller held mortgages is to is to transact them the way we talked we've been talking about all show. Another way to do it is go get yourself a property and 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 be the one who collects the $8,000 down and 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 isn't resp- responsible for the repairs and the maintenance and all of that kind of stuff and you strongly recommend that the hottest way to do that right now is dealing with short sales and pre-foreclosures. Definitely. With without a doubt. Um, I mean, if you all you have to do is just look at the market and go go through the MLS and just look at the number of properties that they'll say, you know, a short sale, potential short sale, or you know that kind of thing. Now, I do want to comment, Vina, uh, for those investors who have been in the market over the last four or five years. I know last year in particular, short sales. People would joke around and they say short sales. It's really a long sale, you know, uh-huh. and and a lot of investors uh, got fed up with with waiting on the banks, and you know, it seems like your your deal would get lost in the shuffle. And short sales last year were a hassle to do; they really were. But I want to encourage those of you who jumped out of that. Uh, particular part of the market, you need to jump back in because once again, uh, there's a whole gold mine out there that is available. It seems like the banks finally have started to get their procedures down pat. Oh, it, it still will take three or four months to close a deal, but that's not three or four months of you working on it every day. That's, you know, check in with the bank once a week and see if, you know, if what they need or did they get this approval or that. Um, so it's still, when you look at the, the potential profit in your actual hours in the deal, it's still a great, great opportunity. And the idea is you get 10, 15 properties in your pipeline, and even though it may take three or four months to close them, you're going to have these closings coming up every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome. And I, let me let me let me tell you, you're you're, you're much more of, of a short sale expert than I am. Let, let me let me tell you the advice that I give to new investors about short sales, and you you tell me if you agree with it. And feel free to disagree, since you're not in the room with me. You know, it's not anything <laughs> I do to you. Um, <clears throat> what I tell new investors is, if you're going to do a short sale, it's going to be a frustrating lengthy thing for you and you're going to you're going to think that it you know real estate doesn't work and short sales don't happen and so on that the thing to do if you want to do short sales is really focus on that as a business and have 10 15 files in front of you at all times I I agree with that. I think that that's a good idea. But you you know we haven't talked in the last few weeks, and I've actually put together a new power team of uh, folks that are handling short sales uh, for my students, mm-hmm. and so that creates a whole other possibility where if someone does not want to create that business, which you're, you're right on target, Vina, absolutely, that is set it up as a system and just do a whole bunch of them. But some people don't like that paperwork, and they just want to go out and do deals. Then as a student of mine, um, I've got the team in place to do the short sales, to handle all the minutia of the deal, and you do what you do best. Either if you're a realtor, you can, you know, list properties and sell them. If you're an investor, go out and put the deals together, you know, and let us uh, do the heavy lifting for you. Mm-hmm. So that that's just another thing that we bring to the table. There are there are certainly, uh, and I'm, I'm seeing more and more of these uh, services that uh, offer for for various prices or cuts of the deal or whatever the case may be. Uh, short sale negotiation services, which is exactly what you just talked about. They, you know, they handle the paperwork and they, they're the ones who are making the weekly call to the bank and so on. And that's that's a viable option for someone who either doesn't have enough of them going that one or two are worth messing with, you know, right? or, right. or yeah, people with full time jobs that they, they literally can't call the bank during banking hours. That that, right. that that can be a real problem, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that is that is that is another option. But folks who are thinking about uh, uh, short sales as as a business, like this is what I'm going to do for the next few years until maybe it it peters out some, and some other opportunity arises. You know, I I say get yourself educated about short sales, and I also always tell people don't ignore the possibility of buying the note. And then they say, well, I don't know anything about that. <laughs> you better tell them to come tomorrow night because we're going to be talking about it. But, but going on with what you were talking about there, Vina, um, I think 
that it depends on the person. There are tons of short sales out there right now, and you have a choice of doing a few or doing a lot. But there are a lot of people out there that just do not like to do the paperwork, period, whether it's one or ten at a time. I have students, I have a three-deal limit that you can only submit three deals at a time. And I've got students that want to submit a half a dozen or ten deals at a time. And, I mean, they're clearly, they've been doing these for a long time. They're in the business of doing short sales. But they get that once you find someone that really knows how to negotiate, and they're only charging a nominal fee to do it, it's worthwhile to pass 10 deals to them, okay? Mm-hmm. And because you can then go out and find 10 more deals. Mm-hmm. So I think it all boils down to if you like putting the paperwork together and contacting the bank, which I happen to love doing that. I mean, that's just me. I'm anal about that kind of stuff. I like systems. I like checklists. I like to put a file together and have all my little tabs on it and have it all super organized. So that's like right up my alley. But I get that for some people it's not. And so this is another alternative where they can still be cashing in on short sales but not even have to deal with the the paperwork of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So we've got it covered regardless of which area you want. If you want to learn how to do it yourself like I do, uh, I teach that. I, I show you exactly how to put a package together, how to negotiate with the bank, everything you need to get the short sales. And, Vina, if we could, I'd like to take a minute and address the listeners that are realtors. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because I've done, been doing a lot of business with realtors lately. And, unfortunately, I'm seeing that a lot of realtors do not understand the basic short sale process, and they're losing business because of it. Um, for example, um, a realtor gets a, a contract on a house, and it's a short sale. It's obviously going to be a, a short sale. I'm going to make up some numbers here because I don't want to give away private information. Uh, we'll use my basic example I always use. Uh, you have a $100,000 house, and it's financed to 115. Definitely a short sale is required if you want to sell the house. Um, so we'd submit a contract to buy it for 70000 subject to the bank accepting $70,000 as a full payoff for that loan. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if the bank doesn't accept it, and we also say without pursuit of a deficiency judgment. So we want to make sure that the bank is going to uh, report that to the credit bureau as, uh, you know, with no delinquency or, well, you can't take away the delinquency, but that it's paid as agreed, that that it is not a deficiency, and that they're not going after them legally for a deficiency judgment. But what happens is, time and time again, The realtors are getting in the way of the deal, and they're telling the homeowner, $70,000? That's not enough. We're not going to accept this contract. You need to get at least ninety dollars for this house. And it's like, wait a minute. Don't you see? First of all, the $70,000 is just a starting point. You've got to start someplace. Mm -hmm. And we're going to negotiate with the bank. And whatever the bank, once we reach that happy medium where we're happy with the price and, it's, and the bank's happy with it, that's going to be the final price. So really, the 70000 is an irrelevant number at this point. But more importantly, what, what the realtor is not seeing is the homeowner's not going to get a dime of that money anyway. Mm-hmm. The, the, all of that money is going to the bank to pay off the loan. So... We're just trying to help the homeowner out of a bad situation. And if the realtor would get on board with us, it would be a win-win all the way across the board. The realtor would get paid. The homeowner would get out from under the debt. The bank would sell the property. We'd get a great investment. And it's unfortunate that some realtors don't understand that. So I, I, if, if you are a realtor and you don't understand it, by all means, get to the RIA meeting tomorrow night uh, because you're, you're losing business for yourself and you're not doing a good service for your homeowners that you're representing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, yes, real estate agents, even if you're not a member of Cincinnati RIA, you, you, can, you can come tomorrow because it's guest night, and that means there's no fee for non-members. Um, Donna, we have a a, a question here that is I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's fairly lengthy but um, basically the the uh, questioner is asking if you believe 
that in the commercial lending market, that the lenders are going to start selling their defaulted notes at a reasonable price soon. Apparently, <laughs> apparently they're currently asking 80 cents on the dollar for defaulted commercial notes, and he wants to know at what point they're going to get cheap enough that, that we can actually do something with them. Well, I've been buying uh, commercial notes for a long time at quite a bit less. Multifamily units, um, I have one of my students that got a multifamily unit for 40 cents on the dollar. Um, I'm not sure what type of commercial property he's talking about. Um, I honestly believe that there are, are commercial deals out there for way less than 80 cents on the dollar. So it might be, uh, perhaps he's dealing with a middleman. Uh, maybe it's just where he or she is getting the notes from. I don't know. Um, I can tell you, if people aren't going to buy them for 80 cents on the dollar, they will go down. But I, I don't think 80 cents on the dollar is across the board uh, what commercial notes typically go for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now, Donna, we just have like literally three or four m- minutes left, and I, I, I really want to get into uh, something that you're going to talk a, a lot more about tomorrow night, which is the idea of buying bad paper. Uh, in other words, buying mortgages where the the borrower isn't making the payments. Why in the world would you do that? Uh, I use that bad paper as leverage to get the deed. Uh, basically, I'm stepping into the bank's shoes, okay? Uh, so once I become the bank, then I can do anything that the bank would allow me to do. If I want the homeowner to stay in the property, and Normally, I am against that, and uh, it bothers me that new investors, that's the first thing they want to do is save the homeowner, and and I want to save the homeowner, too, but most of the time, if the homeowner has not been able to afford to pay the bank, they're probably not going to be able to afford to pay you either. That being said, in today's market, there are a lot of good people with good credit that, that have been upside down through no fault of their own. And if that happens to be the circumstance and you would like to keep the people in the property, you definitely do not want to do that on a short sale under no circumstances. Instead, what you would want to do is buy the note, and then you can use a forbearance agreement, and you can basically do the loan mod, just like the banks would do, because you're the bank then, and you could keep the people in the property. If you do not want to keep the people in the property, I will go into detail tomorrow night, and I will tell people how they can legally and ethically get the deed in escrow, a deed in lieu of foreclosure, in escrow with the title company before you ever buy the note. So you buy the defaulted note from the bank, and then you record the deed in lieu. All of this is done with full knowledge of the homeowner and all the parties involved, so everybody knows what's going on, and it's a true win-win for everybody. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Well, Donna, we look forward to uh, seeing you here in Cincinnati tomorrow night. Again, that uh, meeting is at 7 o'clock at the Jordan Crossing, uh, formerly Swift and Commons, at the corner of Reading and Seymour. And all are welcome if you'd like to come by at 6 o'clock. Our early meeting is about the 2010 forecast. What are going to be the hot strategies and what can you personally do to set yourself up to build a real real estate business in 2010? We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. Live the memories and love the memories. I just like all of the big band style music. It's what I grew up with and I'm still a youngster but heart. Love Gildersleeve. Love all the adventures he gets into. 89.3 FM, WMKV, Reading, Ohio.